0: Hello, my name is Kiana W. Mitchell, and I am a singer, songwriter, podcaster, and relationship coach. I am also a Christian who for years grew up in a religion that taught me to fear God instead of have a relationship with God. It wasn't until I lost my religion and developed a relationship with God that I was able to understand how much God really loved me. Each one of us have a story to tell about how we found God. Each one of us have taken a different path and a different journey to find God. So join me as we go on a journey through interviews and music to discover how people find God. I'm Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Finding God Podcast. I am your host, Keanu W. Mitchell. My guest this week is Norm. Norm was a law enforcement officer for over 25 years. 16 of those years, he spent as an undercover narcotic agent. He experienced many crucial incidents during his career, and in 1998, he was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder and an incurable neuromuscular disease that caused the loss of feeling, mobility, and strength in his hands and feet. After over 30 surgeries, he became addicted to opioids. As a result of his trauma, Norm made a series of poor decisions that landed him in federal prison where he answered the call of God who was calling him to minister to people who were suffering from trauma. While in prison, he obtained a master's degree in theology, a doctorate degree in Christian counseling, and a degree in drug and alcohol counseling. Norm counseled inmates, preached God's word, taught Bible studies. Norm counseled many inmates who had suffered past trauma. They experienced God's healing power and transformation through the biblical principles taught through Christ-centered healing process. Norm also is an author, and he wrote a book called Christ-Centered Healing of Trauma, and it's called Healing of a Broken Heart. Norm was a police academy instructor and is an expert in PTSD, police tactics, narcotics enforcement, and first responder culture. Norm currently works as an addiction counselor and a chaplain. So without further ado, here is the interview that I did with Norm. Hello, Norm. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. And thank you so much for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. I am super excited to have you here.
1: I'm excited to be here. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. All right, so let's get started with the questions. So my first question to you is, what was your childhood like?
1: My childhood was good. I was an only child. Um, My dad was a military guy, so he was really strict, and um, he was the one that taught me at a young age, men don't cry, men don't express their feelings, and you just hold it in. Um, He was was real good, except he was a disciplinarian, so... Mm -hmm. It was it was rough sometimes when I was bad, but uh, most of the time it was real good.
0: Was there any kind of a good guy, bad guy kind of parenting? Like, was your mom a lot softer? Like, how did that work out?
1: Oh, yeah. My mom was an angel. <laughs> she she would give me a $5 bill or a $20 bill whenever she could. Don't tell your father. Don't tell your father. You know, and that's, you know, I don't eat vegetables, which is really funny because when I was younger, I said I didn't like vegetables, so she said, okay, you don't have to eat them. You know, so she was a great mom.
0: Oh, that's amazing. I guess you kind of need that balance, especially if one parent is a little strict. You kind of need a parent that's not as strict. to kind of give you some kind of balance. That is right. amazing. <laughs> so did you guys know about – did you go to church? Did you know about God when you were a kid?
1: Well, well, that's, that's the funny part is they profess to be Christians, mm-hmm. and um, they're from Germany so i knew some prayers in german you know we we said at night when i was little but we like most christians we only went to church easter and and maybe christmas eve that was it other than that there was no um no relationship with jesus it was just a pure you know we'll go to church on on these important days and, and that's it so i really didn't know anything about god or jesus
0: So was there any, I know you said you didn't really know anything about God or Jesus, but in the prayers, anything that you said, was there anything that resonated with you that made you think about it a little bit or not so much?
1: No, not so much because it was a, it it was like a memorized prayer, almost like the Lord's prayer, right? You just recite it, you recite it, you really... No one ever explained what the meaning was to me. So no one really was there to explain the gospel. So I never really understood it. I just thought it was something that we do, but I didn't feel it in my heart.
0: That's interesting. But I can I can get that because I know even kids who were brought up in the church, went to church all the time. It's kind of the same thing. Like now let me down to sleep. God is great. God is good. You know, just those recited exactly. things. And it's like rituals more so than anything, because it's like, okay, I need to do this, I have to do that, I need to pray. It's like mm-hmm. you're just checking off a list. So yeah. I totally get where you're coming from with that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's why I never, as I got older and saw bad things happen in the world, I never really believed in God, because I didn't really know anything about him. And I yeah. think that's the key to, to teach our kids and to teach our family what Jesus is really about right? I thought it was mm-hmm. just a bunch of rules, but it's really not. And, and I don't think a lot of people, even that go to church regularly know that.
0: I agree. I totally agree. So tell me a little bit about your adolescence. What was that like mm. for you?
1: Um, it was fine. I had No problems. Um, it, it, I worked as a mechanic. My dad owned an auto repair shop. So I worked as a mechanic there after schools. And um, it that that was no problem there was fine except like i said the, uh, the 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 ongoing um script was to not show emotions right to not okay. ever think so like at when i was 16 a friend of mine died in a motorcycle accident and i i i cried and i cried and i cried because that was my really my first brush or experience with death yeah and when my dad came home he really got angry at me and said hey you don't know, got to stop And I love my dad. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was rough and he was tough, Mm -hmm. but he had a good, good heart, but he didn't know how to relate. I don't think to 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 kids or or to a lot of others like showing love and, you know, I couldn't stop. And he ended up really backhanding me and saying, men, don't cry. Stop it. You know, he hit me (laughs) and it was like, okay, I guess men just don't cry. Men just hold all our emotions in and we just bottle it up, you know, and that was really, Uh, the first bad thing that um, he taught me because it didn't suit me well for the rest of my life.
0: Yeah. I'm just about to ask you, how did that work out? Because I know that, I mean, I know back in the day, people did that, especially people kind of in our generation. We were kind of taught, you know, first men don't cry. What happened at home, stayed at home. You don't talk about stuff to anybody else. And, you know, a lot of things were discouraged. And I think it's just because they didn't know about emotions and feelings and how all of these things affect you as you get older. So as you got older and as you went through life, how did it affect you with the whole thought process that men don't cry? Oh, well, it,
1: I didn't realize it until I was in my fifties is well, forties yeah. that it was detrimental to me because um, I, I eventually got tired of being a auto mechanic and I ended up being going to um, being a police officer. So as I worked as a police officer, I, ne- I, was, I grew up in a middle class, so I, I never saw um, death. I never saw uh, being a victim of a violent crime. I never saw any of that. So it was a rude awakening to me. Yeah. And it was very difficult for me to handle that emotionally because I, I am, I don't want to say I'm sensitive, but I, I have a lot of empathy for people. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff really caused me to push it down and push it down. But because I was able to push it down, I think that's what made me a good cop. It it was, yeah. I was able to go like, like one time there was a um, airplane crash. It crashed into a, um, a local shopping mall on December 23rd and, and right like 50 yards away from Santa was, and it killed like 14 people, injured hundreds of people. Wow. And when I got there, you know, I mean, it was a horrific scene. It was like a, a, a war zone, right? And right after that, they basically said, okay, you got to go handle this traffic accident now, you know, (laughs) it was like, so And this is not anything special for me. I mean, this is what all first responders have to deal with, right? Mm -hmm. You have to go to a horrific violent scene, you know, and and do what you can. And then when it's over, there's no like, okay, let's decompress. You know, let's get our thoughts together. No, you got to move right on and do something else. And that might be mundane or, Or it might be another violent call. And I was able to do it, but internally it was really affecting me. And it didn't really pop out until about 10 years after um, I was a cop.
0: Wow. So what were some symptoms that made you realize, okay, so this is having an impact on me. I need to do something.
1: Well, I didn't know it at that time. But what my symptoms were, were were depression, Mm -hmm. anxiety. Um, That turned into a few years later of nightmares and panic attacks um i I really i I couldn't sleep when i put my head down on the pillow for some reason well i shouldn't say for some reason it was because of all these things that were unresolved these things were just intrusive thoughts in my mind of all these these deaths and and the destruction that i saw and and it really affected me that way but because of my upbringing and because of the police culture, right? And then I, mean, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say the police, but first responder culture, because this yeah. is really firemen, EMTs, uh, doctors, nurses that work in these sure. emergency facilities, you know, a whole wide range of pastors. I mean, all these people have to see see some of this stuff. So it's not just me and I'm, I'm nowhere special, but I was just not able to handle it as good as some other people. But what was going on is that, um, uh, I felt these things, but I kept suppressing them and I would make up excuses. Well, you know, I just had a bad day. My, my wife would saw it. She, she saw it. She said, man, you gotta, you really gotta go seek help. This is, yeah. this is getting out of hand. No, no, no. I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, just, you know, just leave me alone for a little bit. Let me decompress. And and thank God I didn't drink alcohol. I, I really didn't like alcohol. So yeah. I never really used alcohol. But I think that if I would have used alcohol back then, I think that I would have became an alcoholic real quick, yeah. you know, but yeah, I, I didn't deal with it very well at all. And, and I think that's with most of us, not even necessarily first responders, just regular people, right? We deny our pain mm-hmm. or we think, okay, this is just life. We just have to, to live through it. But there's, there's reasons for the pain and, and because of their, it goes unresolved. We we live in that emotional state of just um, chaos, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's not, it wasn't until I learned the biblical principles that I was able to really pull myself out of it.
0: Okay. Well, this leads me to another question. I know you talked a lot about your childhood and how, <clears throat> you know, you knew about God, you knew the rituals, but you didn't really know him. So how did you end up finding God? What led you to either look for him or realize, hey, God's calling me. Something's happening here. What happened to make that occur?
1: Man, this this is a a, a, a story that no one you, you can't believe. So, what would happen was um, I I got this neurological disease, right? And I had about thirty surgeries in ten years, and the doctors oh. kept giving me all these um, opioids, you know, painkillers. Mm-hmm. And um, part one of the diseases is neuropathy, where you have a deadening deadening of the nerves. So I didn't feel any pain. Right. But they kept giving me and I'm not blaming the doctors because I use these, um, you know, in, in the way they weren't prescribed. Yeah. But I, I found that when I took these pills that I felt numb. Right. I had no emotion. So in other words, the bad emotions, the, the, the depression, the anxiety would just be level off, you know, and I wouldn't feel. So I continued to take them and continued to take them. And pretty soon I didn't realize it then, but I realized it later that I had become addicted to these right. painkillers so in this state, then my daughter got a real um a poor diagnosis she was twenty three at the time she was diagnosed with liver tumors, and they told us that um, she required the surgery that only UCLA Medical Center could do, and that she might not last the surgery and um, I went into a spiral I just more more pills and just um, dangerous behavior. I tried to commit suicide, and I, I believe at that point, looking back, that God stopped it. So what I did is I, I ended up stealing some drugs out of evidence and giving it to a guy because he he wanted it, and he mm-hmm. said that hey, you know, um, I'll I'll take the I'll take the um, the rap for it if you get caught. I I, I was out of my mind. Uh, right. the, the pills, the the trauma, the everything i was just i, I didn't care anymore and, and subconsciously it might even be i was trying to self-destruct you know yeah. in a way um because look my, my hands i don't know if you can see those but my hands mm-hmm. just got all screwed up i couldn't really hold my duty weapon anymore I, I really was a danger to myself and others out there and i was still working so anyway i, I did that the next day i got arrested of course because i wasn't a very good criminal and then what happened? I was I was out for on bail for about two weeks, and I got this call at, at night, and it was from a, a pastor that, that was from a local church, Jeff Kenney. and he says, "Hey, I got your phone number from a friend of a friend, and I I saw because everything was on TV, right? Yeah. I saw what you're going through, and I just wanted to let you know my church is here to help. We do counseling, and we'd really like you to to come and um and we'd like to help you, right? But i didn't really believe in god i mean i didn't i'm not an, an atheist i was more mm-hmm. agnostic where i just didn't really believe anything i maybe yeah. there's something so i, I said well that, that's nice but no thank you I, I appreciate that and then he says well at least let me pray for you i said all right so he prayed the sinner's prayer right and i didn't know what mm-hmm. it was and at the end of the prayer he says do you accept jesus as your lord and savior and i didn't know what to say and i was trying to be nice so i said yeah And he said, okay, my invitation is always open. This is where my church is. Okay. So I went back to the um, couch with my wife and she goes, she looks at me and and she notices something. She goes, what's up? And and I said, well, you know, I don't know. I think maybe I feel a little bit better. I mean, almost like a little bit of weight was lifted off my shoulders. And she had, she had been a Christian all her life, but she really didn't push it because she knew my feelings. Right. So she said, maybe what's missing is maybe where we need to go to church. So we decided to go to church and the next week it was phenomenal. I mean, there was so much love at this place and it was really difficult for me because it was a real church where got guys would come in tattoos all over their faces and, and necks. And, and I was still in cop mode. Right. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? You know, these are all criminals and but they showed me so much love. They all, they all hugged me. They didn't know who I was. They just hugged me and welcome, you know, um, anything we can get you do for you and the, the pastor was just so so great so we started going to church regularly so my daughter needed a, um, a, a biopsy and so we went and did the biopsy but before we did the biopsy right in the middle of a sermon on sunday pastor jeff said hey i want to pray for Norm and his daughter um he she's going through a difficult time so the whole congregation prayed and um and i cried my eyes out but so we did the, the biopsy, and when we got the a return, the, the doctor said, uh, there, there's no tumors. The tumors are gone. I, I don't even know what to say because they were here, you know? And right at that point, I felt in my heart that God is real yeah. and God is loving, and um, I've been on fire for him ever since. And that's how I actually came came to God. He He knew what it would take to get me to believe, and he did it. Mm-hmm. It's just awesome. And later on, he healed me, too. So I, I, I'm trying to do whatever I can to to please him and do his will here.
0: That is amazing. And the reason I'm so in awe right now is because, you know, sometimes, you know, people will start looking for God on their own. or They'll start searching for him. You didn't do any of those things. But yet, it's amazing how he still found you. He still got your attention, was able to talk to you. And it was funny because you're like, I just said it to be nice, but just by you just saying it to be nice.
1: (laughs) Oh, You know, and it just shows the love. I mean, who who am I, you know, but I I truly believe in my heart that we all have a calling. Right. And that this, this, what I'm doing now um, with the addiction counseling and the book and the, the, the coaching for mental illness is what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to, experienced the, the trauma he wanted me to 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 be familiar with the trauma so that when I actually talk to guys or, or women that have trauma I know where they're coming from you know I've been there done that because when I, w- I went to three years in sexual um, sexual sorry secular counseling yeah. and there was no healing I mean I, I talked for hours and hours and hours and it made me feel better because I believe that we get out our story it makes But there was no healing. And I think God is the only one that could heal.
0: No, I agree. I do think God is the only one that can heal. And I'm so glad you did try counseling and go, because like you said, it did make you feel better. And I think that sometimes you do need to talk and you need to get things out. But at the end of the day, you also need to trust in God. I think they go hand in hand, you know. So I'm glad you were able to do that. But no, you're right about trauma. That whole thing is, uh, it can definitely have an impact on people, because I know, I work for um, an organization that help kids who've been sexually abused and everything. And so all of the trauma they go through, it affects them. Because it's like, if you don't deal with trauma, when it happens, it doesn't go away. It yeah. just stays with you for years. And so you, the things that happen to you as a child, you still end up dealing with when you're in your 30s, 40s, and 50s, and you're wondering what's going on. It's because a lot of that trauma was unresolved. But then again, like I said, Back in the day, no one talk, took their kids to counseling. It was not encouraged. It was more like, uh, they thought only crazy people went to counseling, but that's not how that works, you know? So it's and it a turns out of to be a generational
1: that. problem, right? Yeah. So uh, I work at a, um, a men's rehab facility, uh, um, a live-in facility. And a lot of these guys have been traumatized at a young age. And because they're not dealing with it, like you said, they get sober. They stay sober for a month or two, but then when they get out, the, the same problems come back, those same yeah. negative emotions, those, those same feelings that they don't want to feel. So unless it gets resolved, it's going to be a continual thing. And when you look back in their history, their father was an alcoholic or their mother, their grandmother, yeah. their grandfather, their great-great-grandfather was a gambler or something, mm-hmm. Addiction runs in the family. Yeah, and that's just, the same with trauma.
0: It is. I was just doing a research on that too. And It was talking about the research I was doing was talking about how a lot of the times the greatest predictor of addiction is um, genetics, hereditary, your environment. And so even if it's not something that's genetically inclined, if you're in the same environment, you're going to do the same things, the same stressors. And so you're going to react the same way because you don't know any better. You don't know what else to do because everybody you see around you are doing the same thing. So yeah, you're right. It has a huge impact on what people do later on if you don't deal with the root and the cause of all of these issues.
1: Yeah, and we see that. Well, at least I saw it a lot when when I was a cop. Spousal abuse. Yeah. You know, um, you, you go to call after call after call, and then as you work longer and longer, you see that their their children are mm-hmm. committing a spousal abuse also because the the parents are modeling that behavior, and they don't know any different. They they think yeah. that that's Hey, that's how you deal deal with relationships when, when you're not, you know, satisfied in your relationship, you, it's okay to hit your partner. And and, and that's kind of stuff's got to stop. And that's what one of the things is I try to do is I try to tell people who have children now, if you're, if you're addicted, or if you really exhibiting poor behavior, we need to stop that um, cycle right now and, and change because you don't want your kids to, to fall into that same trap you are.
0: That is so true. That is very true. So let me ask you a question. If there is someone out there who's actively looking for God, what advice would you give them?
1: Oh, I would say to study the Bible. I think the most important thing that we can do to help ourselves is to understand who God is. Yeah. Right. I didn't know who God was. I thought when I saw horrible things happen, I said, well, how can God allow this? I mean, everybody tells me that he's kind and loving, but yet, little children are are dying from from gunshots they're they're getting you know accidents all this kind of stuff how could a loving god allow this but when you study and you find out that it, it we live in this broken world right. where god doesn't want us to be robots he can't just say you know um i'm going to make everything good and you're going to love me no matter if you want to or not he gives us that choice yeah. and unfortunately there are people that go the other direction that are more influenced by by the enemy and, and they commit these crimes and, and, and do things that result in the victimization of other people. It's not his fault. But what I found is that he promises in the Bible that if you love him, things are still going to happen to you. But if you love him, he's going to turn things around for the good. And, right. and I use myself as an example. Uh, I was real good for so long. I was a cop for 26 years. But then something, the the the, the pills, the trauma... It just made me go insane. I mean, i not literally insane, but I mean, am I thinking what was all flawed and, and he could have stopped it if he wanted to,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: but he allowed that to happen. I believe because I needed that training, right? I needed to go through these things to prepare, to help the kingdom. In other words, to, to help teach others why God does this. And, and, um, why these things happen in life and how we can persevere through them. As a matter of fact, that's my next book it should be coming out next year is why God allows suffering. It's all, because it's a whole, uh, if we don't understand who he is, then we can't love him. Right? right. And then the second thing I would say is to study Jesus's healing ministry that Jesus, he wants to heal us. Right. But there's, we have to do certain things in order for him to, we, we have to acknowledge him. We have to follow him and we have to make him our Lord and savior to receive those blessings and promises in the Bible. And it's not that difficult. I always thought Christianity was, oh my God, you got all these rules to follow. No, the only rule is to to love him and love one another. Yeah. You know, because if I love you, I can't steal from you. I can't talk behind your back, you know? And, And that's what true love is all about. And that's all that Christianity is, is loving one another, you know? And it's so simple that I wish someone would have explained that gospel to me When I was 20 years old, you know, I could have avoided a lot of pain and suffering.
0: No, I love that because you're right. It is about loving God and loving people. And Once you just look at it in those ways, then, like you said, it's easier to do things. Like I always tell people, it is easier to do what we're quote unquote supposed to do if you love God, because you're like, oh, I love God. You know, we're in a relationship. I'm in a relationship with God. I don't want to hurt God. I want to please him. Because that's what you do when you love people. You want to please them. You want to make them happy. So the things that we quote unquote shouldn't do, you wouldn't want to do anyway because you're like, well, I love God. But it's different because you're not saying to yourself, oh, you're going to mess up or you're not going to do this. And if you do, God's going to be mad. It's a whole different dynamic, but it's the same result. Only one is toxic. One is not. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So I totally it, get that.
1: It, and. Uh, the 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 negative feelings and emotions that we have uh, i like to to describe it as like you know that like that light on your dashboard or your car it it warns you of a pending disaster right Mm -hmm. something's gonna break so when you feel angry when you feel resentment when when you feel frustration or anxiety that's god telling you hey you have something you need to resolve and and probably in the childhood i mean maybe not maybe it's just forgiving someone that you perceive hurt you you know it and it's easier to forgive, like you just said, if you love that, if you really go by the Bible and say, okay, I, I, I love, I love he, that person as a child of God, and whether they wronged me or not, I still, I, I still love them because the Bible orders me to do so, so I can forgive them. I don't need to be friends with them. I don't need to take them to the movies, but you know, I, I can forgive them and move on. And that's all God's asking us to do. And once you resolve that issue, that peace will come over you and that healing will really begin.
0: Yeah. And I just want to add, like, even when you forgive people, it doesn't mean you're condoning what they did to you. You are just forgiving and letting it go. Because when you do hold on to anger and resentment and bitterness, you are hurting yourself. So if you want to look at it in a selfish way, it's just like, I need to forgive them for me. (laughs) But you're hurting yourself. The more you hold on to it, it's almost like you're mad at someone else, but you're stabbing yourself. Because that is what all of that anger and bitterness will do. It'll destroy your health your mental health, peace, everything. So yeah, you're right. It's like, forgive, move on. You're not condoning what happened. You don't have to be friends with them, but you just forgive and let God handle everything else. Just forgive and move on. I absolutely love Because if
1: you're mad at them, they're not, they don't care. They move on. They're not even thinking about you and you're still, oh gosh, I I wish this would happen to them. Let it go. Just, Just let it go. And just that little fact of letting it go can really release you of so much resentment and anger. And resentment is actually the biggest cause of, of addiction that we know of. And that's why in wow. AA, which is 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 God centered, is to, to forgive others and ask for forgiveness for the stuff you've done. And, and, and it's just so simple. But it, as humans, we don't want to do that. We want to hold on to it. We want to hold on to that anger and. And that's what's causing us to just um, live really defeated, oppressed lives.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Norm, for being a guest on the Finding God podcast. It was awesome to have you here. And where can we find you? If we wanted to get in contact with you, I know you mentioned some books. How could we get our hands on some of these books? Tell us how to find you.
1: Okay. I've got a website. It's called Christ-CenteredHealing.com. And I kind of tell my story there, and um, I, I, the book you can get the book through there and the book is also called by the same name Christ Center Healing of Trauma, Healing a Broken Heart Because really trauma is, is a, a breaking of the heart. Yeah. and it details the, the things that helped me heal from my PTSD. When, when I was doing my education um, in theology, I learned all these things and i, I put them down because the, only God can heal. He created us so it's only him can, can heal. I'm not putting down secular psychology because, like you said, it could help people. It saved my life to learn coping skills. But do you want to cope with life all your life or do you want to heal? And, and only God can heal. So it has a Bible study in there dictating um, all the things that we talked about and it talks about emotions and, and what they're for and, and walking in the Holy Spirit, all this kind of stuff. And you could buy that um, from my website or Amazon. And, um, uh, I guarantee it, it, it's a game changer for, for healing trauma. It's, it's all biblical and it's all based on scripture.
0: Awesome. And right, also, well,
1: also on Facebook, same thing, Christ center healing.
0: Okay. Well, God, if you did not have a chance to get all of that down or write it down, I will have all this information in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the link. All right. Well, thank you again for being a guest and enjoy your day. I absolutely love this interview. My favorite part of the interview was when Norm talked about how he was raised up in a home where he was taught not to cry and to hide his emotions. I also like how Norm was able to recognize later on in life how suppressing your emotions caused him to avoid and deal with his emotions. So many times in life, we go through difficult situations, we go through difficult things, and a lot of times it's because we did not address or deal with things that happened to us in our past or in our childhood. Many times we wonder why we may have a certain view of God or why we don't have a connection with God. And sometimes it's because of a trauma that we experienced in our life but did not deal with. So today, if you find yourself struggling in your life or feeling out of control, I encourage you to take a minute and ask God, why do you feel the way you do? you will be surprised with how God will answer this prayer and help you to begin to understand why you are having these emotions and feelings. He will also not only help you understand what's going on and why you're experiencing these emotions, but God will also lead you to get the help and healing that you need. So go ahead, ask him for help. I guarantee that God will help you. The song we are going to listen to this week is from our Artist of the Week, Patience. And we are going to be listening to his single, Freshman.
2: that's when out the house hubby reaches over us that's to console his spouse he said don't worry love we taught her well and with her knowledge and faith in god she will prevail <laughs> go hard to pass clear here guard the grass blow inhale the smoke from a lack pack parties and back back thoughts in front the front thoughts in my back led by faith to this campus now encamped in bottle after bottles and a perk i can't get a grip god fix it coming nearer. I'm so in fear of what I've tried. I place my pride upon the hill of pleading pleasure. she wondering if she went too far. Is this it for me? Will my parents see the little girl as the one who failed the family? Gravity is pulling me, or could it be God? Yes, I hear you. I now retreat. Remember how to and war released. I'm now at peace. Yeah.
0: Before I end the podcast, I would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and for listening to another inspirational story about how people find God. If you love the podcast as much as I love spending time with you, I encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and to make sure you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. I would also love it if you would leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show. If you would like to get in contact with Norm, Patience, or myself, All of our contact information can be found in the show notes and all you have to do is click on the links below and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and let me know that you would like to be a guest and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.